Chapter Twenty Four of Captain Sparkle, Pirate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Captain Sparkle, Pirate by Nicholas Carter. Chapter Twenty Four The Duel in the Tower. The detective stood closely against the door when he rapped upon it, and the moment it started to swing open in response to the summons, he applied his strength against it so that it was flung inward with a force which nearly upset Count Jean de Cadillac, who appeared on the other side. And with the same gesture Nick forced himself across the threshold, followed instantly, of course, by Antoine Lefebvre, who sought to close it again as quickly as possible but quick as he was he was not soon enough to prevent the count from giving the signal of alarm which lafette well knew would be heard by one or more of the guards and which in a short time would bring a horde of men thundering at the door in their chief's defence in that first pressure against the door when he partly opened it cadillac had recognised the presence of an enemy it is doubtful if he did not at that instant also recognise nick carter and even while he staggered back from the force of the blow which the weight of the door delivered against him, he placed a silver whistle to his lips and blew upon it. But that was all. The door was closed and locked on the inside by Antoine, who withdrew the key, and then stood with his back against it, awaiting orders. And he was as entirely calm as the detective himself. As Nick stepped into the centre of the room and turned to confront the Count, Bessie Harland sprang with a glad cry from the embrasure of one of the windows and almost threw herself into his arms. But she recoiled before she quite reached him, and shrank backward again with her hands to her eyes, for Cadillac had drawn a revolver from his pocket, and was in the very act of aiming it at Nick Carter's heart. He was prevented from firing, however, for a gleam of steel shot through the air, and a light, quick blow descended upon the Count's wrist, knocking the weapon from his grasp to the floor, and Antoine said quietly, if Monsieur le Comte attempts to recover his weapon, I will spit him upon this rapier. Nick Carter laughed aloud. Then he turned to Bessie, who had now recovered somewhat, but she stood staring at him, as if she could hardly believe her senses. I knew you would come to my rescue, she said at last. Thank God you are here. Yes, I am here, Miss Harlan, very much here, as this double-dyed scoundrel shall soon discover, replied Nick but the Count had now also recovered some of his accustomed coolness. He had retreated to the opposite side of the room, so that he had placed a table between himself and the detective, and Nick turned again toward Bessie. "'Return to the window for a moment while I deal with this fellow,' said Nick to her, but Antoine stepped forward hastily. "'Ah, monsieur,' he said, "'I have the key of the door in my possession, so that he cannot get out, and the men who are coming this way—' neither can they enter. Then afterward there is another way out, which the Count does not suspect I know about, but which I will show to you. It is true that it leads through a part of the chateau, and that we will doubtless be obliged to fight, but it will not be like fighting a hundred men on the narrow stairway we have just ascended. And now, monsieur, I have a favour to ask of you. A favour, Antoine? What is it? Permit me to fight with the Count with the rapiers. See, I will give him mine, so, and he tossed his own gleaming weapon upon the table in front of the Count, and now you will let me have the use of yours, is it not so? Yes, ah, 
it would be child's play for you to kill him you who have defeated me antoine lefette as if i were a babe it would not be an equal combat shall it be so yes i thank you go ahead antoine if he will fight you the mademoiselle and i will act as witnesses antoine turned with nick's rapier in his grasp and approached the table behind which the count still lingered you are a dog he said quite calmly see i treat you so he withdrew a glove from his pocket and after wadding it in his hand threw it deliberately into the count's face it shall be fair play count said nick if you have the courage and the skill to fight with antoine but he need not have said it at the blow of the glove and because of a little nervous laugh uttered by bessie harlan the count seized the rapier from the table in front of him and leaped from his barricade into the centre of the room in an instant the two were at it and the fighting was rapid furious deadly nick knew that such a pace could not last and for a moment he felt a qualm lest antoine should fall before the fury of the count's attack but he speedily discovered that there was no need for his misgivings for the combat was as fatal as it was swift one lunge the count gave which seemed impossible for antoine to parry nor did he do so but he stepped quickly backward beyond the reach of the point and then lunged forward his own weapon so that he put the point of it to the guard straight through his adversary's breast piercing his heart it was all done so quickly and it was over so suddenly that neither of the spectators had time to realize it and the stroke was so deadly that the count sank back upon the floor with only a sigh he never uttered another sound after that bessie when she saw him fall ran quickly toward him and would have knelt beside him had not nick restrained her the man was dead and he died so suddenly that he had not even the time to turn his eyes toward the woman whose every sense of propriety he had outraged but whom withal he had treated kindly and considerately to the end and then they were brought to themselves again by antoine who was in the act of presenting the borrowed rapier to nick permit me he said bowing i did it with that trick i learned of you monsieur and now monsieur and mademoiselle if you will but follow me no yes listen the smugglers are already on the stairs in a moment they will be hammering at the door but in an hour they will only just have broken it down it is strong it is reliable below where it is necessary that we emerge again into the interior of the chateau it is possible that we may meet with opposition but monsieur we will not anticipate no if you will but have the kindness to come with me now see he approached the high wainscoting at one side of the room and pressed against an invisible spring invisible to the others but plain to him and a section of the wall opened before them my father was fencing-master to monsieur jean's father he said simply in explanation i learned the secret from him après vous monsieur et mademoiselle no then be so good as to follow me i will lead the way the stairs which they descended were not unlike the others by which they had gained the tower-room save that they were narrower and it seemed to nick that they wound down and down interminably at last however they came to a halt at the foot of them beyond is the corridor of the ground floor of the chateau said antoine pointing at a door in front of them wait a moment said nick as he was about to open the door antoine i have a double duty to perform i did not come here alone i was accompanied by a friend 
the one to whom the other letter is addressed. "'Max?' asked Bessie. "'Yes, he is here somewhere. He was to meet me at a point outside the castle, and he did not appear. It is possible that he has fallen into the hands of the smugglers, but it is also possible that he is still out there waiting, for I left a message for him if he should return. But if, on the other hand, he has been captured, I must put you in a place of safety, and then—' "'Will monsieur permit me?' asked Antoine at this juncture. "'What, Antoine? If monsieur's friend has been taken prisoner, I know where he will be confined. Come, we will look there for him. It is on our way out.' "'Antoine, you're a treasure. Lead on. Bessie, have you got that gun yet?' "'Yes. I have never parted with it for a moment, save once. Good. Go on, Antoine.' They passed into the corridor. It was silent and deserted, but not dark, for here and there a light gleamed dimly through the massive wall. Along this and down another flight of steps they passed, and at last stopped before a heavy door, barred with iron on the outside, and this bar Antoine lost no time in removing. "'It is their prison,' he said, and threw the door open, but only to be thrown from his feet to the floor by the precipitate attack of Maxwell Kane, who had been waiting for just such an opportunity. "'Great Scott, Nick!' he exclaimed, when Antoine had been assisted to his feet, and a few necessary explanations were made. "'I didn't expect to find you here, or I wouldn't have come out so swift. I was pounced on from behind while I was waiting for you. A blanket was chucked over my head, and I was brought here and locked in before you could say Jack Robinson. That must have been a week ago, at least.' Two hours and a half,' corrected Nick. "'Is that all?' Then he gathered Bessie under his arm and led her from the chateau, following Nick and Antoine. There was no more fighting. Their progress out of the chateau was not impeded in any way, nor did they meet with interference across the causeway. The place where they had left their conveyance was reached at midnight, and just as the sun was rising in the morning they succeeded in signalling the dolphin. The United States vessel took them to a convenient harbour and left them there, of passage home via one of the liners, but the war vessel returned to the Chateau de Cadillac, accompanied by a French gunboat. Of the resultant fate of the smugglers themselves there is no record, but of the shadow it is known that she was raised from the bottom, where she was resting, and ultimately delivered to her owner, who was a Russian prince, for whom she had been built to order. Bessie Harlan was restored to her friends, and the secret of her mysterious trip abroad was never divulged. And Monsieur Antoine Lefebvre, and his beloved art, he returned to America with Nick Carter and Maxwell Kane, and is now a very successful fencing-master, thanks to Nick's patronage, whom the Frenchman seems to regard as something more than human. "'Mon Dieu!' he will exclaim when Nick Carter's name is mentioned. "'Monsieur Carter is not a man as you or me.' He is, what you say, a genius. He is a master of the fence, and brave. Rah, he is a wonder. End of chapter 24 End of Captain Sparkle, Pirate, by Nicholas Carter